Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, today we're joined by Mandy Lawson. Mandy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. And uh, Mandy uh, works at our church and attends our church here at Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene. Um, Mandy, just start off telling us about where you're from and about how you grew up. All right. Um, I grew up here in the area um, in Harrisonburg, and um, I think my family started attending the Nazarene Church when I was four, I believe. Um, and it was kind of whenever the doors were open, I was there <laughs> Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, whatever it was. Um, and so um, pretty early on, I um, knew the stories of the Bible mm-hmm. and um, you know, all the things that you talk about in Sunday school. And so I kind of grew up with that. And then later in life, throughout my teenage years, kind of made some not so great decisions. And it was really probably towards the end of my teen years that God kind of pulled me back mm-hmm. in. And, and um, yeah, just kind of from there has taken me on a really cool journey. So that's awesome. Yeah, I remember Mandy as a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> So I started attending the church in 95, mm-hmm. and um, I remember you becoming a teenager, and I remember you did a few things, maybe, you know, brought a little attention mm-hmm. to Mandy, yeah. and I was kind of impressed by it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I had been um, kind of that girl that grew up in church, too, and mm-hmm. had some rebellious moments, and... Uh, expressed myself and so yeah I remember praying for you and seeing those things but it didn't really it didn't phase me a whole lot because it was just teenager expressing themselves um, right. and it's been a joy to watch your journey and to see um, what was planted in you that foundation right. that was placed in you throughout your childhood years when you began to build on that right so yeah thanks for um sharing with us just that and so you grew up in church you were here if the doors were open right and you had parents that sang so you were here early right (laughs) (laughs) and you were here probably a little later Uh i remember when my girls couldn't wait till they started driving so they wouldn't have to wait on me Mm -hmm. you know you probably felt some of that so I think there comes a time in everyone's life who is especially raised in a church that maybe they came on their parents' coattails of Mm -hmm. faith. When did you begin to sink down into that foundation for yourself? Mm -hmm. I remember being at home one night, I think I was about seven, and just feeling like that burning in your chest. Like Mm -hmm. I know I was talking to my mom just about God and, and what Jesus did for me and just kind of feeling like, okay, yeah, like, I want to accept Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, that's something that I want to do. And so I definitely meant it then. Yeah. And I think I was baptized. Grayson, I think your dad baptized me when I was 10, I think. But um, it was kind of just like a thing. Like, a thing I did. Yep, I'm a Christian, whatever. And so fast forward a couple years, and it's like I, you know, maybe was making decisions I shouldn't have made and... um, I think I broke a lot of trust. Mm. I did a lot of lying, and Mm. I don't know. It was kind of towards maybe 16 or 17. Mm -hmm. I really felt like I went, I actually went to a summer camp, and uh, the leader just kind of encouraged us to just 
like dig a little deeper, like be mm-hmm. serious about this. And I, I remember hanging out with my friends one night in downtown Harrisonburg and I was driving home that night and I just felt like, okay, I like, I'm just going to ask you like, am I supposed to go this direction or am I supposed to go this direction? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, am I supposed to choose between these two things and whatever? And, and I just felt like God was like, really? Like, are you really asking me that? Because you really already know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that mm-hmm. I'm drawing you, and you know that I'm pulling you. And so, from that time, it was just kind of like, okay, all right, yeah. I mean, we're going to do this. <laughs> that's awesome. So, Well, that's uh, a great, just trust is what I think of when I hear of you say that. Like, you're not really sure, and none of us are ever sure what God has for us. And right. who knows if we would go if we knew everything, which right. is why we don't know everything. <laughs> but... uh as Pastor Margaret was saying, I remember you, you know, ever since our family moved to Harrisonburg and dad became a pastor and you mentioned that he baptized you when you're about 10 or 11 years old. That was probably one of the first baptisms right. we did. And I don't even remember it. We probably had rented some other church to do the yeah, baptism or something. <laughs> I think I was, he probably baptized me in that same baptism. Cause I remember getting baptized about seven or so. And, right. and, uh, Here's a funny little tidbit. I remember you babysitting me and my sister watching yep. us when you were a teenager. <laughs> and you probably being one of our favorite uh, babysitters. Oh. I think mom and dad were probably surprised by that with some of the rebellion that you had mentioned that you had went through. Right. But uh, just we had fun. And <laughs> so uh, you mentioned about being baptized. And then, you know, that night as a teenager driving home and the Lord kind of asking you, like, are you going to... Basically, give yourself fully to me is what I heard uh, when you were saying that. So just talk about where the journey went from there. Okay, yeah. So that was kind of a turning point for me um, at that camp that I had mentioned that I went to. um, They also (laughs) encouraged us there to start praying for a future spouse. Mm. And so um, I did that. And that was um, the end of the summer of 2000, I think it was. And um, so there were... um, things going on in John, my husband's life, who I didn't know yet. And so he had kind of been making some not so great decisions as well. And he kind of turned around kind of at the same time. And so, I mean, I can't take credit for that, but certainly I feel like praying for my future spouse, Mm -hmm. there was a part in that where God was like, okay, I, this, you know, this person that you don't even know yet is who I have for you, but I'm going to begin the process mm-hmm. of working right. these things out so that eventually your paths will cross. And so we got married in 2002. We bought a house and, uh, you know, we were set for life. We didn't ever want to leave mm-hmm. and we had our dog in the backyard and everything was fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, John just felt really like he was supposed to take some classes, work towards something ministry related and um, talk to Pastor Carrie and, he said, well, what you need to do is pack up your stuff and go to Bible college. <laughs> and we were like, no, no, I don't think so. And so through a series of events, John had some health stuff go on that year. And we just kind of like hunkered down in our house and did what we wanted to do. And um, it was through that time that it was just such a trust growing time and a faith growing time. Because I remember John ended up hurting his knee and he didn't work for a couple of months. And I remember laying the bills out on the table and saying like pointing up at God and saying, I can't pay these. You have to do it. Like I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And so just the faithfulness that he had with us, like even though he had asked us, 
clearly to do something, to move, Mm. to pursue something. And we said no to it, like that he was still Mm. gracious enough with us to provide for us. So that following spring, actually on our anniversary, we spent telling our parents that we were moving. Mm. (laughs) And so we did, we sold our house and we moved to Colorado and John went to Bible college. And um, that was a huge time in our lives uh, for us to grow closer to each other. And closer to God, and uh, you know, we moved to a place where we didn't have any family, we didn't have any friends, um, and so we didn't really have a choice but to get to know each other better. Mm-hmm. And you know, we kind of had some hard times while living there, but you know, it's like even since then, we moved to Lynchburg, and John was at uh, the Nazarene Church there on staff for ten years, and so just so many things along the way where if we had continued to say no to God yeah. like what would how would our lives be so different now mm-hmm. you know so I don't know it's just it's cool to see like if like you were talking about earlier the trust thing like that the plan that he has even though I might not like what it looks like at the time it's just like I see this tiny piece of the picture where he mm-hmm. sees this huge mm-hmm. picture and mm-hmm. just to, to know that like he is worthy of my trust like mm-hmm. he is able to like keep me and to have a plan for me and to have good things for me and so I don't know it's just it's good really cool to see yeah when we surrender uh, we can't hold on to things you know the surrendered life your hands are wide open like you can't you can't grasp what you see or what you had you can't hold on to the past or the now and that's real it's really scary right but man God has things planned for us, um, as the scripture says, that we've never even thought of or imagined. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because we can't imagine it, right? Like, we think what we see is so good, and, you know, this is good, why? And God just, he always encourages us to trust because he has things for us that he wants to give us um, in exchange um, for our trust and did you ever have fear through all that moving? Like- oh, my word. <laughs> That's probably an understatement. I actually put in my notes for today. Um, there was uh, the summer of 2011, which ironically is when John got ordained. Mm. Um, I've struggled with anxiety and mm. fear for years, and it kind of all came to a head that year. Mm. And I don't even really know why, Yeah. except that it was just kind of like a spiritual battle yeah. type thing. and. I look back on that time. I mean, I still struggle with that sometimes, mm-hmm. and it still comes back and tries to creep mm-hmm. in, but not like it was then. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I can look back on that time and honestly be thankful for it mm-hmm. um, because I really had no choice mm-hmm. except to cling to um, Scripture and yeah. to God and to say, like, mm-hmm. you have not given me a spirit of fear. Amen. You have not. Mm-hmm. You have said that you're not going to leave me. You know, you say when I walk through the water that the waves will not sweep over me and I'll walk through the fire and I won't be burned and you know your plans for me are good and it's just like I had to recite those things to myself Mm -hmm. over and over all day sometimes and so yes definitely fear has played into that Mm -hmm. and um you know even irrational fears sometimes Mm -hmm. that just don't even really make sense where they come from but at the end of the day it's like there are truths Mm -hmm right in front of my face that I can read anytime that they're not just like, Oh, this is an encouraging word. This is something that sounds great. And this helps. No, like that's true. Like that's something that you can can literally hold on to. And so, yeah. Yeah. I remember one time we were, I I was doing a retreat and 
I said something and actually went and Googled it because I'm like, I didn't, I knew it didn't come from me. (laughs) I'm like, did I hear that somewhere? But what I said to, it was a women's retreat. And what I said to the women is I said, I can tell you that some of God's greatest blessings are right on the other side of our fear. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is that, you know, if we can trust him through those times, that fear, that crippling anxiety that just wants to choke us, Mm -hmm. um, if we can get through that and cling to his promises that he has things because it's, it is a spiritual battle. Like right. the enemy just wants to take us out. Right. And, um, just, you know, God has a great plan for us. You know, we left Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and as much as God has a great plan for us, the enemy has one too. And that's to not succeed at God's plan. Right. <laughs> you know, that's right. just whatever. And so, yeah, just being able to lean into that, um, anxiety and I understand I've, don't think I've probably had it to the extent, but I've had to battle through some things, and I wouldn't be where I am today if I had not done that. Right. Because right. the enemy wanted to stop me. Mm-hmm. Mandy, uh, thank you for sharing that with us, and especially those words of encouragement from the Word of God. And certainly we all need to be reminded in times of fear or times of doubt that we can go to His Word and find promises. And we right. know His promises are true. And that we can hold on to those and uh, just not to doubt his plans and to know that his plans are better than what we have planned for ourselves. Right. And you shared about before going to Bible college, you know, having these bills and not knowing where the money was going to come from. Are there maybe some other stories, maybe while you guys were at Bible college, that you could share about, you know, the faithfulness of God or maybe even after Bible college on how he led you and your husband, John. Uh, You mentioned you guys were in Lynchburg at the Nazarene Church there for 10 years. So maybe about the faithfulness of God or how he led you Mm -hmm. after Bible college. Yeah, I um, (laughs) am. When you say that, the first thing I think is actually on our way to Colorado (laughs) when we moved there and the night that we drove through Kansas and hid under an overpass for an hour, which I have heard now that it's the worst thing you could do. Anyways, there were many tornadoes in the area that night. And I remember sitting under there with all my belongings in my little Honda Accord and our minivan that we rented and saying, all right, God, you called me to Colorado, not to die in Kansas. You have to at least get me there. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, even just with like places that we worked while we were in Colorado and places that we lived and just the provision that he had for us and the details that he worked out. And, you know, it ended up that we went to Lynchburg and we had always wanted to be home. And we thought, well, Lynchburg is closer. Mm -hmm. That's definitely closer. Um, But Stephen Willis and Lynchburg had ended up calling John. I don't even remember why. But, you know, John had said, we're thinking about moving back east. Like, we kind of feel released from here. And Stephen said, well, I'd, I'd love to have you, but I don't really have a position for you. And then it ended up that they had some staff changes, and I think it was two or three weeks later, Stephen called and said, hey, I think I have a spot. So if you guys want to come, I mean, mm. let's do an interview or something. So, yeah, just the way that all that worked out, we sold our place in Colorado, and just it's just <laughs> to think of back and just look at all the details that had to happen for all of the things to work out is just so amazing. And we were in Lynchburg for 10 years. Um, John was a couple of different positions while we were there, but um, we had Paul while we lived there, and, you know, we had some concerns while I was pregnant and whatever, but still just 
I mean, like, laying in an ultrasound, saying, mm-hmm. like, God, this baby's yours. Like, I, whatever this looks like, it's yeah. you. I mean, you've got to work out these details. And so that was cool. And then we had always hoped to be back mm-hmm. here in Harrisonburg and didn't know if it would ever be a possibility or whatever happened. Um, but um, John had gotten a call from a church in Indiana um, to be their music pastor. And I didn't tell John, but about a year before that, like the whole year I'd been praying, would you let us go home? Like, mm-hmm. would you work that out for us? Is that even a possibility? Mm-hmm. Um, and so John got this call from this church and he said, I feel like I'm supposed to at least like do a phone interview and, you know, pray about it and whatever. And so I kept thinking, mm-hmm. <laughs> why am I home. begging to be back home if you're calling us to go to Indiana? And so um, he had the phone interview and then uh, by the time he got off the phone was just like, I, I feel certain that that's not the place for us for right now. Um, and so we'll just stay in Lynchburg and it'll be okay. And I was like, okay. I mean, I trust his discernment and the way that he was feeling. It's like, I knew that he had put a lot of prayer Mm -hmm. into it and I knew that he knew what he was talking about. And so I was like, okay, we'll stay in Lynchburg and it'll be okay. And then, um, Adrian called him the next day Wow. (laughs) and said, Hey, uh, we need to talk. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, yeah, just all of the details surrounding that. Um, we moved back in the summer of 2017, and um, I moved in July, and then John moved at the end of August. And I was honestly frustrated to be here for about six weeks without my husband, um, just because I had Paul, and you know, it's like being a single parent. John was in Lynchburg finishing his job there and trying to sell the house, and you know, we mm-hmm. were just kind of living two separate lives or whatever. But um, then in September, my mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was gone October 6th. Mm. And so looking back, it was nothing but grace that mm. God brought me here mm-hmm. when he did. Yeah. Because I honestly went to mom and dad's for dinner like every night, mm. those six weeks that I was here with Paul. And so just that in that, the whole Indiana thing and me wondering why and whatever, I felt like God was saying, will you go where I want you? Mm. I know you want to be home. But if it's Indiana that I have for you, will you go there? Yeah. And so, you know, I just felt like he was like, okay, if you're willing to do those things, then yes, you can go home. He wants our heart. the graciousness that he has to even allow me to spend those six weeks with Mm -hmm. my mom is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He has such a, a, his plan is so much more grand. Right than we can even fathom. And I understand spending time with your mom. Um, and that's precious and powerful. And you know how he moved you almost back to Harrisonburg and he got you close enough, right? That you, right. through those years, you saw her, you got to see her a lot more than you would have. Right, right. Um, but then he even moved in having you here through a job, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. like he provided a job for you, got opened I remember those days of going, wait a minute, there's a job coming open, and wait a minute, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Right. And um, so his provision is amazing, and it's just powerful. To sit here with you and hear you share the story, like not just bits and pieces, but the story of that provision all the way through. Right. Because I know little bits of it, but to hear it all at one time is pretty powerful. Well, Mandy, uh, Pastor Margaret alluded to... Not only did God open up a door 
as far as a job for John for you guys to move back to Harrisonburg, but he also was in the integral details in getting you a job and actually allowing you to move here a little earlier before John, which gave you some extra time to spend with your mother while she was sick. So maybe talk about how God opened those doors. Right. So I was working at a a doctor's office in Lynchburg when we realized that we were going to move. And so when we moved from Colorado to Lynchburg, I was able, I worked at Sam's Club, and so I was able to transfer and, you know, it kept our health insurance and all those details or whatever. But, yeah, I knew that I couldn't obviously transfer. And so, you know, I'm looking online every day at all the places that are hiring and trying to put in applications here and there and whatever. And uh, John's parents sent me an email one day that I guess the church had sent out, like a mm-hmm. church-wide email just saying, hey, we're hiring, we have this position open. And so they just kind of passed it along to me and said, hey, we heard about this, you might want to check it out, whatever. And so... It ended up being a spot in the finance office here, and I had kind of done some medical billing and so forth uh, where I was working. And so it wasn't exactly the same, but um, certainly the same kind of things. So I uh, <laughs> I put him, I think I sent Vicky Dove my resume and ended up, we were driving up here for something one day anyway, and so I did an interview, and um, I think it was either that day or the next day they called me and said, we want to offer you the job, and I, <laughs> I don't know, I just, it was so crazy to me, because when we moved away in 2004, John and I, um, I was working here at the church at Kids Harbor, mm-hmm. and John was working here at the church on the facilities mm-hmm. team, and so even, you know, I talk about the graciousness of mm-hmm. God, and the provision, and the whatever, but also the humor of God, that he <laughs> would, you know, take us while we're both working here, take us and move us away, and do all the, you know, provide for us along the way, and then bring us back, certainly in different positions, mm-hmm. but right. again, both yeah. working at the church, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know, it's just so cool to see kind of what he has up his sleeve sometimes. And you ever think that he's up there and he just goes, watch this, you yeah. know, and he waits for Hold us. Please. Yeah. Let me move all these details right. around and then just watch what's going to happen. Yeah. 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 It's really cool. He's amazing like that. Just if we'll pay attention, you right. know, and right. I wonder how many times I miss those things. Mm-hmm. So you all, you've talked about sold house in Harrisonburg, had to sell a house in Colorado Springs, and now... You've bought another house in Lynchburg. You have to sell another house. Right. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So <sighs> that was quite an ordeal. <laughs> we um, put our house on the market when we you know, realized we were going to move back here to Harrisonburg. And we ended up having three contracts, two mm-hmm. of which fell through. The second one, it was, I think, two or three months before it mm-hmm. actually fell through. And we were kind of just hanging in the balance the whole time. Meanwhile, paying house payment there and rent here mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just trying to do what we needed to do. But um, then the third contract finally went through and we were able to close. And it was just, that was a good day to get mm-hmm. all that weight off our shoulders. And um, then we kind of felt like we could actually be here. You're right. Um, you know, John was always worried about the leaves and the gutters and the, you know, going yep. to mow the grass and mm-hmm. doing all those things still in Lynchburg. And so, yeah, we found a place to rent when we moved here with the intention eventually with John's parents to move in together mm-hmm. and find a place together. And so we just this past December bought a house with them and um, we call them our downstairs neighbors. 
<laughs> and it's been really cool. So many people say, are you sure that you are okay living with your in-laws? <laughs> and it's actually, it's been really good. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know, just that they're there for us and we can be there for them as mm-hmm. they get older. And um, I don't know. I just think in all the details that God has, you know, provided and worked out for us that that was definitely one of them also. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's beautiful. I get to, sometimes when I go through that road there in Bridgewater, I'll see your mm-hmm. uh, father-in-law out, oh, yeah. you know, taking a walk. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, that is so cool that they were able to come in and do that, yeah. be together. And I know it's been a long time coming yeah, uh, for y'all for to sure. get back here and for them to be close to you all. I know it's precious. Right. Yeah. It's and it's good. not too far from your dad either. Right. You yeah. Know, he's, he's close I think by. four minutes up the road. Right. So right. That's good. That's yeah. pretty sweet. Well, we have a few more minutes and we haven't heard much about Paul, who on Instagram is known as um, the Little Lawson. It's a great <laughs> hashtag. I love it when I see that. Talk to us a little bit about Paul and just see how, how um, having that young guy in your life, how that's been. Yeah. Um, so I talked a little bit earlier about how when I was pregnant with him, there were some health concerns, and he, um, he showed some markers for Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they kind of gave me all the different options and... Mm-hmm. A lot of them were not things I wanted to even think about. Right. But yeah, just, I mean, I ended up going uh, to UVA a couple times for ultrasounds and testing and whatever. And, and just laying there, like I said before, just mm-hmm. acknowledging that this baby is not mine. This mm-hmm. is your child. Mm-hmm. And if you mean for me to have a Down syndrome mm-hmm. baby, then mm-hmm. that's what we're going to have. And we're right. going to, you know, it's going right. to be okay. And so, um, fast forward to when he was born, um, he was fine. <laughs> and, you know, the doctor had told me the last time that I had been to UVA, like, I think that everything's working out. He ended up, like, he had had all these cysts on his brain and everything. And when I went back the last time, they were gone. Wow. And so the doctor was like, I think you have a healthy boy. You just, we can't be sure till he's born, whatever. And so just the relief that it was for him to be born and know that he was okay. And um, just since then, like, just seeing him just kind of ask questions about God and you know like I remember sitting in the bathroom with him one day just John and I and him and just he wanted to accept Christ and it was just in the bathroom and that's what he wanted to do and so that's (laughs) That's what we did and you know it's just cool to see him it's cool and it's difficult to see him grow Mm. um he's nine now and uh just to hear some of the stories that he comes home with of the kids in his class who are struggling or have really difficult home situations. Um, and he's kind of just trying to navigate that. Like, mm-hmm. what does that look like? But how can I show Jesus to them if mm-hmm. this, and what does that look like if this, and you know, it's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. especially now in this, the way that the world is, it's yeah. like, how do I raise my child to know that these truths that are in the Bible are truth Mm. that they are absolutes and that they are life-changing and the world is telling him the complete opposite right and so um i don't know it's a balance i mean Mm -hmm. there's you got to kind of figure out what is age appropriate and what you can say when and right um so you know we just through a lot of prayer navigate those things but it's really cool because he's had a couple of teachers who um i think it was his kindergarten teacher who sent him home like a book at Christmas, and in the inside she wrote to the boy who shares the true meaning of Christmas. Um, and so we've had, like, another teacher would say, like, 
his class is the only class I've ever had that talks about God all the time because Paul is asking all these questions. Mm. And so, you know, I want him to keep that, like, fearless, mm. I want to know, and so let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that's, that's good. Um, well, if he is as fearless about God as he is about flossing... <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, you know, um, he brings me joy whenever I see that. He flosses faster than anyone. Yeah. Um, and for anyone listening that doesn't, it's not his teeth. It's a dance. <laughs> but it's right. just so cool to see that. And it brings joy to everybody that watch. You know, it's right. just like uh, we were at a wedding recently and to see that and just to see, you know, <laughs> the joy that that brought and, and it just brings not, a smile to your face he could not wait for there to be like I a dancing time tell. he's sitting at the table mom can i go now can i go now yes yeah. go floss yeah i can tell that <laughs> um he keeps you busy but oh, i can man. tell that he is such a joy just to look at your he face is. you know and to know that god is just as faithful that his holy spirit draws us just like god drew you yep. in as a teenager and yeah. that same grace right is available to every one of us he's pulling every one of us to his heart so thank you so much for sharing today yeah thank you for sharing mandy and what a testimony of the faithfulness of god and how um, he just brings things full circle so to speak thanks for joining us Mm -hmm. thanks for having me Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. We pray that Mandy Lawson's testimony was a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries.